Well, Bill has come prepared to talk about something. And uh, so, Bill, come on up. Thank God for a pastor who's open to the Holy Spirit. We're blessed. And that excited to see the direction that God is leading us corporately. Uh, it's interesting. I want to talk about spiritual warfare today. And uh, But before I do, I want to encourage you as well. Uh, we're all praying for something. We're all praying for family, friends to be saved. And as you know, I'm a member of the local Gideon chapter. And uh, we just had this young fella. He's probably in his 30s, so he's young compared to me anyway. Uh, take over as our president, or he would be the lead of our local chapter. And last week, he led a group into Peru to do evangelism. So he was mailing us back updates. And Pastor and I have talked about this before as to what God is doing in the global south. It's, It's just phenomenal. But I'm reading this to share with you that God wants to move in the global north too. That's in our families, that's in our loved ones, that's in our community. So anyway, this is what, um, wow, what a great couple, uh, what a great couple of days. Friday began with a last minute, just confirmed earlier this week, meeting with the mayor of one of the largest municipalities of Lima in Peru. The press was there as the mayor presented Sherwood with a formal document opening all the schools and facilities in his municipality to us. He expressed his concern around the need of his people, and that was they needed the gospel. We found out later that a senior official tried to stop us from coming, so the mayor fired that person (laughs) just before we arrived. We also noticed the Gideon's New Testament in the mayor's boardroom from our last Sherbird trip eight years ago. To make things even better, the mayor invited us to return later that day to their job fair. There were going to be thousands of people. It was unplanned, but of course we came back. It was emotional. Many of those at the job fair were families arriving from Venezuela. Of course, you know what's going on in Venezuela. With nothing but a backpack, looking for work, but without the required paperwork. A special treat was the mayor assigned three security guards and a truck to us all day to transport our scriptures school to school. Wow. Around the mayor's events, we went to two schools, one that was very large and in great need. It was very emotional when we found out that the one we were preaching to a class that had just lost a student to suicide the day before. The kids' grades 3 to 12 were open. And the vast majority of students from each class prayed the sinner's prayer. Saturday, today, we were back to the streets. We worked alongside six churches from four different denominations in preaching the gospel and parks and markets. We handed out to seven to 800 magazines with, again, over hundreds of confessions. So I want to thank God for what he's doing in, in the global south. And I just I shared that with you because I want you to Continue praying, praying for your loved ones, praying for your families. So if we could just put that first slide up there. We're just going to do a bit of review on what I shared before. 
Remember I mentioned about except a kernel of wheat fall into the ground and dies, it abides alone, but if it dies, it will bring forth much fruit. So I believe the seed in our life began to die when we accepted Jesus Christ, meaning to say we died to ourselves. We realized that we couldn't save ourselves. We needed someone else to save us. So that takes humility. That takes saying, hey, I can't make it on my own. And so you see the seed dying. And then you begin to see the stages of how that little plant is starting to shoot up. Now that plant is fighting. It's fighting to push itself up through the ground. But you also see what's happening is that it's putting roots down. See, this is what's happening in our lives as Christians. We're pushing, we're pushing. We're pushing against something. Every time we try to grow in our faith in the Lord, there's going to be something that's going to push against us to try to stop us from growing. Can I ask you to do something? Stretch forth your hand and say, push. 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 Push against everything that's pushing against me. Because there's things pushing against us. There's things forcing against us. There's, there's things that are trying to stop us from going ahead in our Christian walk. Things that are trying to scourge us. And, and, and notice as well that that ground is dark. That poor little plant, that poor little seed is there all by itself in that dark soil. You may be in a dark place right now. The Bible says God makes the darkness his hiding place. And if you're there in that dark place now, if you don't feel the presence of God, if you haven't felt the presence of God, that does not mean that God has left you. It's all part of the growing program. It's all part of the faith process that God is trying to get you to grow, to trust in him, not in what you're feeling, not in what you're seeing, not in what the eyes might see, not what the ears might hear. So that little plant, what's happening, is pushing its way up pushing. Finally, and of course, you see the roots are going down too. You see, As we're pushing up, our roots are going down in God. Everything that happens in our life as Christians is encouraging us. God is encouraging us to get our roots down. A couple of weeks ago, I felt the Lord say to me, that which is, can be shaken shall be shaken. I said, Lord, is that for me? I said, if it is, help me to let my roots go down. Because no matter what comes my way, no matter what comes your way, the only way you're going to be able to stand is if your roots are down deep. A little story. Uh, Hurricane Juan, I guess it was, 2003. We were at New Life at that time on the corner of Fuller Terrace and Ontario Streets. And as I walked up Fuller Terrace to go to church, I noticed all of these big trees had toppled over. I mean, these, these were great big trees. But as I looked, the roots, instead of going down deep because of the stony soil, they had gone out that way. So when the storm came against it, when Hurricane Juan came against it, there was no roots there to keep it rooted and upright, so it got toppled over. So God wants our roots to go down deep. When the storms of life come against us, he wants us to be able to stand. So if you can put the next the scripture up that 
Okay, so Paul in the book of Ephesians, he's encouraging us, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Next one. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood. Can you turn to the person beside you and say, you're not my enemy? (laughs) Can you say, I'm for you and not against you? You see, if the devil can get us fighting with each other, he doesn't have to work. If we're in fighting and tearing one another down and tearing one another apart, then the devil's sitting there laughing. So you have to understand early in your Christian walk that we're not fighting flesh and blood. We are fighting a spiritual force that is pushing against us, trying to stop us, trying to hinder us from growing Okay, so, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Next one. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in time of evil, and after the battle you will be standing firm. Ye that can be shaken will be shaken. So he that can remain or she that shall remain can remain. Okay. Stand your ground. Putting on the belt of truth. The body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Okay. In addition to all of these. Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. You know, I don't know about you, but I've had some stuff come at me lately. Like I forgot to mention, you know when that little sprout launches up through the ground? Well, what does the farmer do? (laughs) He throws manure on it, right? Fertilizer? Have you had any fertilizer thrown at you lately? (laughs) It's all there to make us grow. That's right. Put on the salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And next one, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Okay, so instead of fighting with each other, we're to be fighting the enemy on behalf of each other. It's all part of the growing process. Okay, that's why God puts us in a family. That's why we're here. That's why we're here to pray for one another, encourage one another, build each other up in the most holy faith. So then the second, the second slide. Now this is a slide taken uh, from the First World War. Can you notice anything about that slide? What's outstanding about that slide? The 
That's right. And what else? The mud, right? See, sometimes we can get stuck in our faith walk. And as Willie mentioned, that guy on the stretcher, what are they doing? They're carrying him. Why God places us in his body is because he wants us to encourage one another. He wants us to pray one for another. He says, we that are strong ought to carry those who are weak in the faith. It's contending for the faith. It's fighting. We're to fight for each other, not against each other. Yeah, and that, that was the purpose. So you can put the scripture up that, that, that I have there. So we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. This was Paul. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. Have you ever been there? Yeah. Are you there now? Because that's what the Christian walk is all about. It's not a cakewalk, folks. It's a battle. It says, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. Have you ever been in a situation where you think, I don't think I'm ever going to get out of this. I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to survive. Like, Lord, if you don't come, if you don't help me, if you don't save me, if you don't deliver me, then I'll never make it. Okay, next. In fact, we expected to die, but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and re- learned to rely on God who raises the dead. We can't trust in ourselves. Paul says, within me dwells no good thing. We can't trust in man. Keep going. Next one. That's it. Okay, and he did, oh, that, that's the one I was looking for. He did rescue us from mortal danger. He will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. This is, should be a great encouragement to all of us. He has delivered us. Sometimes the translations are different. I use the NLT. I'm not quite sure what that, that NLT or the NIV. But God has delivered us. He will deliver us, and he will continue to deliver us. We can look back. David said, the same God that delivered the lion and the bear into my hands will deliver you, you uncircumcised giant. So no matter where you're at right now, whether you're knee-deep in mud in in your walk, faith walk, if you're the guy being carried on the the stretcher, God, the same God that delivered you before, will continue to deliver. He will rescue. He will help you. And I, I want, I just, God just wants to encourage his kids today led, to let us know that he's not forsaken us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He just wants to encourage us today. And then finally, the last slide. Keep going to the, to, to the, the slide that has the picture on it. Okay. Now, does anybody know what that picture is? Just... What's that? It is, yes. What it is, it's the uh, Afghanis who were delivered uh, when the troops went in and set them free. Okay? And so the scriptures that follow that. This is in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. 
Not only do we need to be concerned about one another in the body of Christ, but God wants us to be concerned for those people outside the walls of this church. And so Paul is saying, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. God is not willing that any should perish. He wants all men to come to repentance. God does not have any favorites. We are blessed to the fact that God quickened us in our spirits and made us alive in our spirit and made us aware of our need of him. But there's a world outside the doors of this church that needs to know Jesus. They need to hear about Jesus. And we've been given that great commission to do that. And one of the ways we can do that is in our prayer closets. We can intercede. We can plead. Go ahead. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior. Go ahead. Who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God wants everyone to be saved? That's his word, right? That's what we're resting on. Then, and this is Nehemiah. Then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. This is what God has asked us to do, to fight for them, to fight the fight of faith. And that's done in our prayer closet. That's done through prayer and fasting. This is done in seeking the Lord and interceding with God on behalf of those who don't know the Lord and spending time. You see, the Bible says there were soldiers in God's army Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. A good soldier does not get entangled in civilian affairs. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And so we live in a completely different realm. We're just pilgrims passing through. And I want to take as many with me as I can. And so God encourages us to do that. So I just want to encourage you today. Time is gone. Uh, in, in our service, I believe that God got accomplished what he wanted to get accomplished through the praise and worship. While I was standing there, I felt the Lord say, it is finished. I'm not quite sure what that is all about. Uh, the fact is that whatever he wanted to get done, got done. And so let's just bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you so much. And as we prayed before the service, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, Lord, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. We just pray, Father God, that your word will speak. Really, it's your word. There's really nothing, Lord, that we can say. Your word is alive. It's powerful. And we thank you, trusting it will accomplish everything you wanted it to accomplish today. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor.